Welcome back to another edition of the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's me, Lynn Testa, and this is our show for the week of October 22nd, 2018. On the show today, we have new details about Disney resorts, and also Jim and I talk about the new Disney ticket system. But first, 11 years ago this week, Walt Disney World unveils the new official logo for what would become Disney's Hollywood Studios. It would make the name change official in January of 2008. Spring of the Man, who is our own Street Mister character unto himself, one Mr. Jim Hill. Jim, how's it going? Mm, now you're making me sad. Did you see the announcement about that they're cutting back on the number of Street Mister characters at the studio? I saw that because that's uh, the same week that they announced that uh, Pizza Rizzo would would be closing at 4 o'clock every day and uh, possibly go through a menu revamp. Yeah. A restaurant named uh, named Pizza Rizzo that serves pizza. How much of a menu revamp? <laughs> There's there's no there's no Muppet character called Flatbread, is there? Because I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, you do have the, the Swedish chef. You know, you can just run them down to IKEA, uh, and we can all just eat meatballs, I guess. Lug and berries for everyone. There we go. All right, Jimbo. Uh, today we're going to talk about the new Disney ticket system and prices. As we know, uh, earlier this month, Disney uh, switched over to a daily ticket pricing scheme. We're going to talk all about that with some details. But James. First, some news. Minutes ago, literally minutes ago, Disney sent out a press release that confirms the Disney Fort Wilderness DVC that we were uh, talking about a couple shows ago. Have you seen that? No. Oh, well, okay. I'd like being reasonably right. I mean, it's not like this was a surprise. <laughs> yeah, the, the bulldozers are usually a dead giveaway. There you go. Disney announced plans. It's a, uh, it's a nature-inspired resort to be built on Bay Lake between Disney's Wilderness Lodge and Fort Wilderness Resort. It will include more than 900 hotel rooms and DVC villas spread across, quote, a variety of unique accommodation types. So, oh, by the way, no name on it yet. Okay. Here's my concern with this. The con- piece of concept art that they've released for this mm-hmm. shows the resort sort of right at sunset. So you've got a lot of pink and purple and orange hues in it. I look at this and nothing to me screams nature. I'm, I'm looking at the entranceway for it. And I can't tell really whether this is like downtown Charlotte or Miami Beach. Nothing in this says nature to me. Your thoughts on this? This is the new Disney Resort take. The belief that it's not so much the theme as it is we have to appeal to millennials. Just the name, you know, Reflections, which again is obviously not included as part of this press release. But it's more about the amenities Back when this project was originally announced, and I'm talking early 90s, this was Buffalo Mm -hmm. Junction. And the whole notion was that you had the the villas at Fort Wilderness and Fort Wilderness Lodge. And this was all supposed to be telling one story. It was tied together with a steam railroad system. And that's really fallen by the wayside here. I mean, the whole notion is... You're coming to Walt Disney World, and you want a nice, quiet place to go hang out. Then the disconnect between, I'm going to Walt Disney World, and I want a nice place, quiet, you know, to hang out. Yeah. Did you notice the fireworks, you know, you know, go, go, go <laughs> over, you know, Bay Lake? Did, did you know, you know, yeah. the boats going by, do, 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 you know, just sort of like, I, you know, but again, it, it's all about appealing to a set market segment and, Remembering that this is a DVC in the 2009, is that when Bay Lake Tower came online? And Sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, and, and the whole notion of centrally located right next door to the Magic Kingdom. You could not be closer to the Magic Kingdom. And here we are with the DVC property where it's like, 
we put you way the hell out in the woods, you know, you're remote, you know, just sort of like, let's try to develop each of these properties for a set audience segment. And right. it's 900 rooms. I face it, people are coming to Walt Disney World to go to Walt Disney World. And so it's like, we're remote, except we're five minutes away from the Magic Kingdom. The thing I have difficulty with is the lack of theming. We've seen sort of this general trend mm -hmm. with Disney hotel rooms and then with you know the architecture over the last couple of years where the architecture that we, we know of from places like the Wilderness Lodge mm -hmm. or from the Contemporary or the Grand Floridian or even on the value side, you know, for, from Pop Century, the, the iconic Disney hotel where you look at that, you know, immediately it's a Disney resort. Mm -hmm. That's fallen by the wayside, right? You look, at, you look at this and this looks like a typical low-rise apartment complex that you see in any major metropolitan city in the United States. It also continues, though, at the this is sort of our second news announcement, uh, that with the concept art that was just released for Coronado Springs. Have you seen this? Yes. It was so funny. I was looking at this artwork and figuring, wow, that's the next casino Danny Ocean and his, his group of criminals are going to break into. Exactly. Funny, the funny thing is, is yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Yep. So this is Coronado Springs. Obviously, Coronado Springs is sort of the desert southwest. Yep. This is a 16-story hotel. I can't find, Jim, a single architectural element in the 16-story building that tells me anything about the Pacific Northwest. Mm -hmm. In fact, if you had told me this was the concept art for Disney's Riviera Resort, I would have been like, okay, I can see the Riviera in this. And especially when you look at the interior concept art mm -hmm. that was released for it, nothing, yeah. literally nothing on the inside of that concept art for Coronado Springs makes me think of the desert Southwest. And again, you could have told me, you could have switched the labels on all of this stuff and said, this, this photo belongs to this resort, this one belongs to this other one, and I would have believed you. Now, we've seen them doing the site prep for the Hotel at Galaxy's Edge, which is going to bury the needle so far in the other direction, yeah, there know. isn't going to be an inch of that hotel that isn't art-directed to tell the Star Wars story. And yet, you look at these other resorts that are, are going to be stepping into the, the Disney inventory pretty much in the same window of time. And yeah. we've gone in the completely opposite direction. There'll be pleasant places to stay. They'll have up-to-date amenities. But somebody who's staying at the, the resort of Fort Wilderness is getting up in the morning and going to a theme park. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. But there should still be appropriate architecture to maintain the theming, right? I agree. By the way, did you see that, uh, that Disney released a flyover video for uh, Coronado Springs? A new two-minute video? No. Okay. They did, but Jim, it's the exact same video that you and I saw last November oh. when we did our Disney Dish event. Remember, we uh, we were at Coronado Springs. Mm -hmm. We were out on the convention side, yep. just coming back from our talk, mm -hmm. and we had we had ducked into the what was it the bathrooms, and we met that cast member there who was like, "Have you seen the video?" Yeah, I like no, no, we haven't seen the video. It's they released it a year later, Jim. Oh, <laughs> this is like this is the new uh, thing. It's the same video. <laughs> If you remember the presentation room, it was literally like the alcove where they used to hide the the ATM. It is. It is. It was in. A, it was in a. It was in a, a small alcove off the side of the far end of one of the uh, the resorts. But yeah, it's exactly the same video, which is so funny. Holy cow! I am looking at this piece of concept art for the reflections. Wow, uh, Jim, does it? It's downtown Charlotte, is it not? No, that's it exactly. It's like, <laughs> holy cow! I mean, it's bland. It's it's the kind of thing where you, where you know you can't see the first level of the apartments, but you know damn well there's an Urban Outfitters there. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> it's not good. No. I it's mean, not. I just I, 300 feet to the left is Pioneer Hall. And that's the thing I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... Trying to rectify in my mind, right, the juxtaposition of this next to the Fort Wilderness cabins. Oh. Like a quarter of a mile from here are RVs. Oh. I think the theming here leaves something to be desired. But if you go over and look at the uh, the new Coronado Springs concept art as well, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's well, similar. Well, no, no, no. Again, seriously, I, I could see George Clooney stand inside of this building and, okay, you know, the the drill, we put it in the ground here and we break into the casino. I mean, there's just... Exactly, yeah. I think, I swear, in the in the, the people that are milling about the the front of that, I see Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure, oh, right? And Yeah, God, all right. That... All right, fair enough. Also, did you notice that uh, the Disney announced a summer 2019 opening? For a corner of spring, so that'll be open about the same time as the gondolas, uh, Skyliner, come come on, and also uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. So, sometime late August okay. ish, I'm guessing. Okay. I can't wait to see how they uh, spin this one. Wow. Okay. But the big news over the last week has been Disney completely revamping their Magic Your Way tickets, going to a daily pricing system, date based pricing system. Uh, for tickets. This has been the the big news in Disney over the last uh, couple of weeks. So you remember a couple of years ago, Disney switched its one-day tickets to date-based pricing. There were three sets of days, or sorry, three sets of prices. So Jim, you'll recall a couple of years ago, Disney switched to seasonal pricing for its one-day theme park tickets, but left the multi-day tickets alone, mm-hmm. right? And now for this particular update, uh, Disney's decided to do this, but for all park tickets. We knew it was coming, but Jim, how did how did Disney justify it with the announcement that they made? They started by saying, we are enhancing the guest experience. As the parks continue to transform more and... and <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I had to laugh. It gets better. Uh, as the parks continue to transform and grow popularity, moving to date-based tickets and pricing will help us better spread attendance throughout the year to improve the overall guest experience. And later, they revisit this to sort of expand on this idea. As our parks increase in popularity, this new pricing model is part of our broader efforts to better spread attendance throughout the year, and is intended to help us improve and deliver a great experience for our guests. We continue to grow with industry-leading immersive lands like Pandora, the World of Avatar, at Disney's Animal Kingdom, and Toy Story Land in the upcoming Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And we're looking... forward to opening even more attractions that take creative storytelling to the next level. Here's my problem with this version of the story. Pandora and Galaxy's Edge, they happened because the other park down the street did Harry Potter stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And not for nothing, but uh, Disney's made approximately $24 billion in profits over the last three years. Those things have already been paid for. Uh, yeah. It'd be like telling your wife that you got her an anniversary present three years That's ago. That's right. And it was the Lamborghini. So we should all be happy yeah, to show. Your Lamborghini that you got for your, you know, take your <laughs> exactly. wife. You know, just sort of like, I, I'm having a little trouble here. You know, just the date-based admission system. And is there, in fact, at this point, a slow period at all during the Disney World calendar. September of 2018 was was pretty slow. By any objective okay. measure, it was slower than it had been in, in a number mm-hmm. of years. The big concern that we always have with the, quote, you know, slower times of the year is this. Disney seemingly cannot resist mm-hmm. the temptation to cut back on staffing and ride capacity during the slower times of the year, yeah. which means that the you'll wait in line about the same amount of time, regardless of 
whether you go during a slow or moderately busy time of the year, in which case, what's the point? But to your larger point about the, uh, you know, that Disney wants the lower ticket prices to shift demand from busier times of the year to slower times of the year. Number one, that's complete mm. crap. First of all, if Disney really wanted people to move from higher visitation times to lower visitation times, they would let people who booked more expensive tickets get their money back by moving those tickets to lower demand times. Right now, if you buy a ticket, let's say for summer of 2019, mm. and then you decide, you know what, I could save $5 per ticket or whatever by shifting it to January, right? Disney will let you move the tickets. It'll let you use the tickets, but it won't give you your money back. So if it really was about shifting demand, why not give them their money back? I mean, that's an incentive, right? At the, it, without the incentive, why, why shift your, your dates? Well, true. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? The second thing uh, that bugs me is, is this. Okay, so they want to they shift demand from summer to January. It, the approximate difference per ticket is somewhere between 2 and $12. Who's going to take their kid out of school in January or February when school has just got back into session from winter break and miss school for a couple of days for $50 in savings? It, it's not enough of an incentive. No, I get that. Do you know any parents whose kids are in a competitive school where they need to have a certain level of attendance every year? Do you know anyone that is going to make their kids miss school for $50? No, it makes no sense. No sense whatsoever. I guess the only way I, I see this working is from the travel agent point of view who's... But again, it gets the notion of finding that that customer that's never been to Disney World and selling them on this. I mean, the whole notion of, well, if you, you know, that, that it costs this much if you go during these days, but... yeah. If, if you've never been to Walt Disney World and, or uh, to a Disney theme park and you and you don't know anything about how tickets used yeah. to work, this is going to be basically like airline pricing. That's for it you. exactly. You have to wonder out ahead of the 50th anniversary, where in theory, you know, you're going to get you know two groups of people coming to this: the people who you know those five people who've never been to Disney World, or again, you know, yeah. the the other crew that well, I went there 10 years ago with their family or five years ago with their family or that sort of thing. And this is a nostalgia trip, that sort of thing. But this is more about, we're trying to spread out the crowds, trying to you know incentivize, you should be going to the resort during this period, you know, on these dates. So it makes it that much easier to staff. It makes that much easier to schedule. Yeah, but so I get the staffing, I get the mm -hmm. scheduling thing. But to say that it, it's an incentive for guests to visit at different mm -hmm. times, I still don't believe that. Number one, fewer than 10% of uh, ticket sales are single-day mm -hmm. tickets in Walt Disney World. So the difference between a $109 ticket and a $129 ticket is not going to dissuade that many people. And again, the, the price difference isn't so great. The other thing, though, that this mm -hmm. hides, Jim, is this. You know how like every year when Disney raises ticket prices, there's this barrage of negative press coverage when people say, sorry, when reporters start saying, this is how much a Disney ticket has increased over the last, you know, in number mm -hmm. of years. And like clockwork every year or God forbid twice a year when Disney uh, increases their ticket prices, Disney has to go through this whole thing of negativity. They're not going to do that anymore. So this new pricing system is a way for Disney to avoid that twice a year criticism of its ticket policies because now they're going to release ticket prices roughly once a month along with park hours and uh, you know extra magic hour, hour schedules and stuff like that. And it's simply not going to be a news novelty mm -hmm. like it used to be. Did you notice the very same day that this information came out, 
they still got hit with the wave of negative publicity because they they also on that exact same date bumped up the price for parking at the theme parks to twenty five dollars. Yeah, there we go. And it, it's one of these things where it's like it just it always amazes me that here is the Walt Disney Company that is supposedly so good at planning and so wonderful at how it handles PR and that sort of thing. And the theme park parking guys didn't talk to the the ticket price guys. It's could you like wait a week? Could you wait even twenty four hours? I, I know a couple of days, like a, a twenty four hours. Give us a news cycle. No, 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 no. Of course, yeah. But again, I'm sure that somebody would have said that the increase in parking fees was to distribute crowds more evenly. Oh well, there we go. Throughout the year, makes no sense, but, but <laughs> That's sure. Right. All right. So <laughs> somehow, somehow, yeah. right? And then just stopped answering questions after that. That's right. All right, so let's go over the, the details here. So one-day ticket goes from $109 to $129 for the Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom. The average price, if you were to buy one one-day ticket every day over the course of the last year, um, it would have cost you on average about $119. After the new ticket system came into place, it's $119.51. Not a huge yeah. leap mm-hmm. there. But the, uh, the big change came with the one-day tickets to Epcot, the studios in the Animal Kingdom, where it adopted Magic Kingdom pricing. Now, by that, I mean it went up mm-hmm. in price because the Magic Kingdom was always priced more expensive than the other three parks. So hidden in this, this rationale for trying to drive guests to slower times of the year was a substantial price increase for the, uh, the one-day uh, tickets to Epcot, the studios, in Animal Kingdom. So let me put this in perspective. Mm-hmm. The old value price was $102 earlier this year. It goes up to now to $114. That's a 13% mm-hmm. increase. The price for a regular day goes from $114 to $122. And the $122 ticket goes to $129. But mm-hmm. Jim, this is the second price increase in 2018 mm-hmm. because they went up in price on February 11th, 2018. So if you look at it over the last 18 months or so, 19 months, 20 months, I'm bad at math. Here's what the ticket prices have done. A one day value ticket at the Magic Kingdom has gone up six and a half percent. A one day regular ticket at the Magic Kingdom has gone up 6.1%. A one day peak ticket has gone up 8.4%. At the studios, Epcot and Animal Kingdom, the value regular and peak prices have gone up 15, 14 and 8% Oof. as well. Wow. In less than two years. I remember back in like the late 1980s, early 1990s when Disneyland got on a a ticket price raising spree and you know it was all on the back of what you know star tours and splash mountain and all of that stuff coming in but they were same thing they were they were you know making the these these get you know again and this is back in the days when the admission to the park was only you know like 28 35 you know that sort of thing but it was the same thing it was these these 10 to 15 percent incremental jumps over short periods of time I mean, people still continue to come, and and let's be honest here. Even with with these prices, they'll continue to come. But this is starting to add up. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the multi day tickets over the course of the last year. So not since the last price increase, but over mm-hmm. the last year, a two day ticket used to be one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Now it goes from two hundred and one to two hundred and thirty seven dollars. That's a price increase for of roughly you know one to nineteen percent. Mm-hmm. A uh, three-day ticket was two eighty-nine. Now can be as high as three hundred and forty-two dollars. That is a one to eighteen percent increase. A four-day ticket, which is the most, uh, so three, four, and five-day tickets are the most mm-hmm. common tickets sold in Walt Disney World. Three-day ticket, a three-day ticket uh, went from two eighty-nine 
to 342. That's 18%. A four-day ticket went from 350 to $433 at its peak, an increase of 6 to 24%. A five-day ticket went from 370 to 452, a 4 to 22% increase. Six-day tickets went up from 2 to 20%. A seven-day ticket went up Actually, a seven-day ticket, Jim, went down 1% or increased. So the range is like negative 1% to 16%. So there are certain times when a seven-day ticket is actually a couple bucks, like $4 less expensive than it was last year. Eight-day tickets went down from anywhere from 0.5% to up 16%. Nine-day ticket, similar thing, up 16% almost. And a 10-day ticket went down maybe 1% to up 15.5%. So let me just reiterate here. If, you, if you're going during the busy time of the year and you're buying a multi-date ticket, your price increase is at least 15%, going up as high as 24%. Wow. In a year. Q and I did the show just recently where they did, you know, Universal was surveying folks about what it would it take to get you to stay here, including the free Uber over to Disney. You have to wonder given you know these sorts of ticket price increases and and you and i both know there are other ones out there in the bushes out ahead of galaxies and i mean yes we put this date and you know a date driven system in place and as you mentioned you know we're going to see these prices creep up you know on a month-to-month basis yeah and that's what's going to happen so you, you'll notice that the uh, the ticket calendar that they released stops on December 16th, 2019. Yeah. yeah. A few days before Galaxy's Edge is yeah, going to open. What a shock. Right. Uh, look, I know that people, you know, especially, you know, with that, you know, land opening, people are going to want to go. But does Disney really want this to be the narrative? It's like, yes, we had a wonderful time, but oh my God, how expensive. Long range, that's not a smart play. At least I don't think so. You know, on the back of looking at... Things like reflections where it's like, hey, let's go stay at the Bland Resort that's down by the water. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to stay do you want to stay the one that looks like downtown Charlotte or the one that looks like downtown yeah. Miami? Oh. oh my god. Um Yeah, these price increases are, are amazing. So if you look at this uh, another way, roughly eighty nine percent of ticket dates uh, went up and eleven percent of dates went down. The average price increase across all tickets and across all days is roughly up six and a half percent. The days that went down went down about half of a percent. So yeah, this looks to be a huge, huge price increase. It's all because of these industry-leading immersive lands. They're delivering a great experience, and at no time will we be picking you up by the ankles and shaking you until your wallet falls out. That's the the thing that I'm I'm trying to rationalize, right? It, yeah, you 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 made all of this mm. stuff. But you've already made $24 billion off of it. And yeah, you're going to build all of this stuff, but that's not going to be open to the people who are buying tickets now, right? So for for people who are going to the studios now, let's say it's a family of four with some grown kids, it's $129 plus tax to get in to the studios during peak time. So $138 with tax or roughly $500 and change, $520 just to get into the park for a family of four. The studio is really worth 500 bucks for a day. Really? $500 for a day. Okay. It's, it's funny we're having this conversation now because I was just, I'm in the process of pulling together uh, a bunch of uh, Galaxy's Edge stuff. And I was actually going over 
the artwork from the D23 Expo last year where they had the, the giant model and things like the ride vehicle for the Alcatraz attraction hidden in a, a display case. By the way, Len, the capacity for that thing, eight people per ride vehicle, or at least for the ride vehicle until you have to get out of your ride vehicle and then use your lightsaber to, to carve open a door. These guys are already under enormous pressure. Oh, with, with these sort of price increases and the other ones that are coming, oh man, they have to not just deliver the goods They've got to deliver the goods on the goods. The $500 just gets you in the door. Exactly. That doesn't count food, which uh, food prices rise just, rise just as fast as tickets. We've, uh, we haven't even talked about the price increases on, on tickets where soda went up 18% mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago or, or things like that. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it's it, they're really testing the boundaries of how much people are willing to pay. And at some point, the answer is going to be we're just not going to do it anymore. All I'm saying is this Galaxy's Edge better be the most amazing thing I've ever seen. That goes pretty much without saying at this point, because again, this this is what they're counting on on both coasts to, to drive the bus, let's face it, for the next at least two and three years. Two or three years, yeah, exactly, yeah. Just a little side note here. I've begun hearing from a gentleman who's working on the Marvel superhero area that will be opening uh, in 2020 at, at California Adventure. He wanted to point out that we've been talking about the chunk of land that was made up of the old A Bugs Land, or excuse me, uh, A Bugs Land you know, area with the, the five attractions, plus the It's a Tough to be a Bug Theater. And it turns out the It's Tough to be a Bug Theater is not going to be part of this giant mega attraction that's being built on top of Bugs Land. It's actually its own separate Marvel-themed attraction. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, this is Bob Chapek, and Bob believes strongly in if we're building something for one park, if we can clone it, let's bring it stateside. And so the attraction that's being built for California Adventure to be put in the old It's Tough to Be a Bug space, the theater, Mm -hmm. is a duplicate of an attraction that's actually being prepped for the Marvel land that's being built at Disneyland Paris, which gets interesting because now you have to sort of well, how does that work? So I'm, I'm trying to track down the list of... Because, uh, you know, for example, there is the attraction, sort of a Iron Man cyclotron thing that's being that's replacing the Armageddon attraction. Actually, Fusion Reactor, uh, that's going to be the centerpiece of that. But there's supposedly an huh. Avengers-themed trainer that's also being built. So I'm now wondering, is... Because if you look at the the art that they sort of dropped for a Disney California Adventure thing, I mean, it has your Spider-Man figure hanging upside down right in the center of the art. So that brings to bear exactly what you were talking about, about the pendulum-driven attraction that you found the patent for. But they also do show in the background sort of an Avengers trainer, uh, Avengers trainer building. Oh. Just be aware that we're not talking single attraction opening in 2020. We may have one or two. Oh, that's super yep. interesting. You think they're going to get it to be able to get this stuff done in two years? If you talk with folks in Anaheim, they're going to begin peeling the physical construction people off of Galaxy's Edge shortly, and you're going to have you're going to start to see the folks who are doing, for example, the finished wall treatments, you know, ah, things okay. like that. You know, working into interior spaces. 
you're basically going to be able to pull people off of Galaxy's Edge and move them over to uh, start working on the, the Marvel stuff. And the one thing that's genuinely terrifying folks at the Disneyland Resort right now is, you know, making sure that, you know, there's there's a balance here, that there's, you know, you don't want everybody pouring into Disneyland Park and that park filling to capacity and you're having to close the gates and then people begrudgedly going across the way to California Adventure. Yeah. If you have the, uh, thrilling Marvel stuff over there, you will, in fact, go over there. Right, that that's the uh, the thing you don't want uh, you don't want uh, DCA to be the uh, the consolation prize. There you go. All right, Jim. Thanks for the uh, the tips on that. We'll probably uh, have more of that, more information on that uh, as the as the weeks went by. Right. Yes. You know, so much of this these days is sort of you get a footprint in the ground and you have to rebuild an entire dinosaur. <laughs> you know, we're, that's the thing. We're working for little bits of information and trying to to work backwards from that. So, because again, we we don't get really bland photos of of hotels every day, Len. <laughs> I still can't yeah. get over oh that. Oh, my I God. Okay. It's just driving, driving me crazy. I hope the rooms are super they, themed, oh, but we'll uh, They but gotta we'll be. They gotta be. There has to be, like, a, an Aztec or a Mayan warrior in each one of them to, like, really push home the theme for Carnot Springs. I'm hoping. Or a bottle of tequila. We'll see what happens. There we go. All right, folks. You've been listening to the Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Don't forget, we're produced fabulously by Aaron Adams. Please go on to iTunes or Stitcher or Raider Show. Tell us what you would like to hear next. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show.